Tifu versus Faisan Clan. So a friend of mine sent me this video about a month or so ago, and I'm so glad she did because even though it's talking about something that we normally don't talk about on this channel, which is gaming, um, it really focused on contracts and people are entering into contracts every day so casually, like thinking, oh, it's just a sheet of paper that I signed, not knowing that what they signed today has long-term consequences. Listen, I know you come here for the tea, but not just any tea, the legal tea, and I got it for you. Welcome to the legal tea. I am LaConya Murray, brand attorney and owner of Altamark IP Solutions, where I help clients throughout the United States own their genius by trademarks, copyrights, and contracts. We got a good one for you today, so let's get started. question. Who are Tifu and FaZe Clan? Well, Tifu, whose government name is Charnatini, is what my kids refer to um, as a gamer, meaning that he plays video games for a living. And FaZe Clan is an eSport organization. And here's what CNN had to say about um, eSports. So eSports describes the world of competitive organized video gaming. Competitors from different leagues or teams face off in the same games that are popular with at-home gamers. Games like Fortnite and League's League of Legends, Counter-Strike, Call of Duties, Overwatch, and the Madden NFL game. That's just to name a few. They also say that gamers are watched Hmm. The gamers are watched and followed through by millions of fans all over the world who attend the live events or tune in on TV or stream online. They have streaming services such as Twitch that allow viewers to watch as if their favorite gamers play in real time and this is typically where popular game gamers build up their fandoms. So it's kind of like the NFL but for video games. That's pretty cool. Um, so a few years ago, Tifu caught the eye of FaZe Clan who eventually offered him a deal to join their team because remember FaZe Clan is like a league um, and they get members to join their team so they can go and compete in these games. In April of 2018, just a year and a few months ago, Tifu signed a three-year exclusive contract where in exchange for providing um, gaming equipment um, and $2,000 um, per month salary, there would be a split of the revenue that Tifu earns. And so um, that revenue split was 50-50 for any revenue he earned from like third-party endorsements and gaming and things of that nature, and then an 80-20 split in any type of um, revenue that he earned from third-party endorsements that FaZe Clan actually brought to him. So when FaZe Clan said, hey, this company wants to sponsor you, they would get 80, he would get 20, and all other circumstances, there would be a 50-50 split, which was cool in the beginning, as it always is, right? Because prior to him joining this team, he allegedly only had about 85,000 followers on the Twitching outlet, which we just talked about, which is one of those um, platforms that allow viewers at home to watch their favorite people play um, the video game. So he only had about 85,000 followers at the time he signed the contract. Two months, two months after signing this contract, he gained over 1 million followers. What? Um, and then also prior to the contract, he wasn't monetizing his skill set much. And now he's earning almost $20 million. He's earned almost $20 million in revenue. Oh my goodness. Now, according to what we just talked about, about the split, um, 
was that FaZe Clan, they are entitled to a lot of money, although they are entitled to that, they've only earned about $60,000 from him. Now, like I said, this contract was signed um, a little over a year ago, so April 2018. It's now, as of this recording, it's um, September. Now, he wants to get out of this contract. It's not our gravy. The love is gone. It's, it's not our gravy anymore. His lawyers are saying the contract was illegal in the first place, claiming that FaZe Clan was illegally acting as a talent management company without a license in California, and that the exclusive, exclusive clause in the contract was restrictive because Tifu, as an independent contractor, um, he should be able to go and work with other people, but according to his contract, he cannot. He can only um, work with them exclusively for three years. Um, and Tifu says that, not Tifu, but Face Clan says, you know what? That's garbage. He has, um, he's smelling himself. He's very popular now. He's making money. He wants to break the contract so that he can go and start his own um, rival company. That is the backdrop and the T on the whole Tifu versus Face Clan scenario that we have going on right now is very popular like we go and you if you're into gaming or if you watch some of these other channels they're talking about it there's a lot of back and forth going on right now as a matter of fact right before i recorded this video um i saw where face clan actually countersued um tifu for back pay so because according to the contract right according to the contract they're entitled to either 50 50 or 80 20 um split of the revenue depending on how it came in and at, and if he's earned you know about 15 20 million dollars they've only earned sixty thousand dollars which is nowhere near a 50 50 or 80 20 split right so they're saying hey you want to play it this way we got you we got you but today's episode is really not to discuss the validity of the california employment law as it applies to this situation but rather i want to talk about a more common situation um, that I see um, a broader uh, situation itself, which is brings us to our second question, right? The first question was, who are they? You know who they are now. Our second question is, why should we care? We should care about this situation. First of all, I'm going to be the first person to admit, I don't know anything about gaming. Like, I don't play video games. At On a good night, you can catch me playing um, Just Dance or maybe that Wipeout game. Yeah, like we bought a Wii way back in the day so that I can work out. I had Jillian Michaels um, workout game, never used it. I'm not a gamer. My, we don't play Fortnite in my house, definitely no Call of Duty. Uh, my husband now, my husband does play the football game on on the Xbox. I wonder if I should tell him there's people out here making like $20 million playing video games. Hmm. I mean, I could, but then that would like give him a, a bigger reason to actually play video games, right? I don't know, maybe I just keep that to myself. Tell me in the comments, do you think that I should tell my husband about the potential to earn, you know, big bucks playing video games or should I just keep it to myself so he can stay focused on what, he, what he's doing? I don't know, you let me know in the comments. Anywho, the whole point of this is that for me, this story is not about gaming. When I saw this story, I immediately thought about all the business owners and entrepreneurs out there that are so eager for opportunities that they enter into contracts without thinking about the consequences. They accept the first offer that's given to them without any consideration of the value that they actually bring um, and how the opportunity will affect them. 
So before you sign your next contract, before you sign your next contract, I want you to hmm, consider the following three things. I want you, before you sign anything, I want you to think about these three things, okay? You got me? You ready? Let me know you're ready by typing I'm ready in the comments. First thing I want you to remember, remember your value. I am not kidding people. Remember your value. They came to you for a reason. They want you to enter into this agreement with them for a reason. You bring something to the table. Remember that. Don't just think that this is an opportunity. Yes, you should be grateful and have gratitude for, for opportunities, but you should also know that you bring value. All right. There is a thing about contracts. It's called quid pro quo, which means something for something. Meaning that when you enter in this agreement, you're not the only person getting something out of the relationship. They are too. And if it's not an equal balance in that nature, then the, the contract can have some problems. So remember, you are bringing something to the table. Which reminds me, like a few years ago, they had this thing that was really popular. Um, for influencers and, and coaches, what they would do is they would have a conference and then they would, they would charge the speakers to, to be on their stage to present their information, to teach. They would charge the speakers to speak. And I've had a couple of people reach out to me and ask me if I would want to participate in their conference. And I'm like, no, I wouldn't. I, I, I don't want to. I know the value that I bring. I know that when I get on that stage and I talk to people about trademarks, copyrights, and contracts, business, that they're going to be all ears. How do I know this? Because they are every time I open my mouth. Because this is something that's not really talked about. Yes, I'm doing it. Maybe there are just a few other attorneys out there that are sharing this type of information. But people are hungry for this information. And no, I will not pay you to get on the stage to provide value to your people, which not only benefits the people at your conference, but also you because you're putting on the conference. They're like, man, you put on a really good conference. You have really great speakers. Like, I'm not doing that. Like, I understand and know my value. So I had to turn down those opportunities because to me, it just was not working. Like, I don't understand why I'm paying to be on your, on your stage because what I found that when people, when you're in that situation, instead of giving value, people are now they're trying to sell you from the stage. And I don't want to sell you, like I don't go and speak to sell to you on the stage. That's not why I'm there. I'm there to bring value. Anywho, so that's my whole spiel about value. Thing number one, before you enter into a contract, remember that you are bringing value. All right, which brings me to point number two, is your mindset, your mindset. Mindset is a very important part of entering into a um, contract, uh, contractual agreement. As in life and relationships, in generally, general, you will accept what you think you are worth. You will accept what you think you are worthy of. So many people are so excited when someone approaches them because deep down inside, they didn't think they were good enough. They never thought they were worthy of the opportunity. They, they're sitting around here with imposter syndrome, thinking that at any moment someone's going to pull the mask off and realize they really don't know what they're talking about, which is really not true because you do know what you're talking about and you go and you do it and prove it every single day. For some reason, the story you're telling yourself is because you're new to this, is that you can't possibly be as good as people think you are. You have to be, you know, faking it when that's not the reality at all. You have your experience and you have your knowledge. You have all the skill sets um, that put you in this position of being 
whatever it is, subject matter expert or products or whatever it is, you, you have that. You just have to have the right mindset and know that you are worthy of these opportunities that you've put in the work, that you've studied long hours, that you've done this, you've done that. Like you need to know that. And because if you don't know that, you will not ask for more. You will again, accept anything that's offered to you. And then down the line, when you hit over the head, like, oh my goodness, why did I do that? You did that because you accepted that contract in a period of time when you were not valuing yourself. And the story that you told yourself is that you were not deserving, that you were just lucky to have this opportunity. You're not giving yourself credit for working hard, being the best early, you know, late nights, early mornings. You're not giving yourself any credit for any of that. Rather than you saying, oh, I was lucky. And because you said, oh, I was lucky, you're just going to take anything they give to you. So point number three, the third thing I want you to consider whenever you're getting ready to go into um, sign a contract is how is this going to affect me in the long run? Like where do, first of all, I want you to do is see yourself, see yourself. Let's say the contract is three years long, like this one in three years, where do you see yourself? That's number one. And then number two is read the contract and say, Hmm, how does this affect, how do these terms affect? where I want to be in three years. Do they negatively affect where I want to be? Are they restrictive? Am I happy with what that looks like three years from now? So I just signed this contract, right? And right now I'm only making like $5,000 a month. And if, but where I see myself in three years, I'm making millions of dollars. And so if they're able to help me with that. Am I willing to, am I okay with giving them 50% of $5,000 compared to giving them 50% of millions of dollars. If that's something that I'm happy with, can I live with that? You need to think like that and consider those things. Don't just think about the now of things. Think about the later so that you can um, know whether how this contract is going to affect you and your goals. They have to be a part of the conversation. And I would say this, that once you consider what your goals are, once you know what your goals are, you can read over the contract, but if you need some help and some clarity, definitely reach out to a professional, reach out to an attorney and have them go over the contract with you. You talk to that attorney and let them know what your goals are, let them review the contract and then you guys together, they can talk to you and say, Hey, these are some things that are going to stand in the way. These are things you need to consider since you want to do that. This, this clause here, you know, you need someone that can have that conversation with you. And after you consider all three things, once you considered your value, you checked your mindset and you see determine how this contract is going to affect um, your goals in the long run, baby, negotiate. You don't have to accept the first offer they give you. Negotiate for your worth and for your value. Let me know. Did you find these tips helpful? Let me know in the comments if you found these three tips helpful. Make sure you rate this video and just sound off below. If you need a contract review, remember to contact my office. If you haven't subscribed to my channel, go ahead and do so now and turn on the notifications because you don't want to miss next week's episode where we're talking about Ariana Grande and Forever 21 and how you, she's suing them for using her likeness. What? What? It'll definitely make you think twice before you use someone's likeness before their consent. So side note, if you are intimidated by the word negotiation or the thought of negotiating, you definitely need to check out Jacqueline Twilley's book, Don't Leave Money on the Table. It is an amazing guide um, that puts negotiation in a way that, you know, it's not so intimidating and scary. I'll leave a link for that in the show notes and you can go to lakanyamurray.com 
to look at the legal tea show. Till next time, keep growing your business and building your brand. Thank you.